I worked in cinematography. Well, I didn't work there. I went to college. <laughs> I went to college. <laughs> Community college. Well, boys and girls, uh, welcome to the first official podcast entitled Podcast, um, because we do not have one yet. But We'll get one. We'll get one. You'll see it on the title. We'll come up with something. But no, it's going to be Gucci. Either way, um, introduction, I'm Isaac, this is my brother Owen, Peace. and my brother, my other brother, and me. My other brother, also named Owen. Um, we wanted to do, well, first off, we've been into UFOs and Bigfoots, kind of just comically, just more interested for years, you know, I feel like everybody is, you know? It's like the D&D players who play D&D just mm-hmm. to have a good time. Right. Not the guys that are super into it right. and like <laughs> actually believe they're throwing lightning bolts. Yeah. We're not those guys. Yeah. We're, we're the not guys, those guys that just enjoy enjoy a good good smoke by the seashore. <laughs> <laughs> and I feel like there's a lot of stories out there that are actually interesting. One of the things that oh, kind of made me want to do this was um not so much to try to disprove or prove UFOs or big or any of these phenomenon. More like, I think everyone's got that. We're just gonna have a good time, like just to talk about it and open well, yeah. some minds. But I feel like people are so interested in this stuff is because it's it's out there, like it's different in the wild. It's that it's that sense of exploration that we don't really have anymore because of technology. You know what I'm saying? I think it's a mystery. Yeah. It's the unknown. I know for for me, I've thought about this. For me, it's having an unknown mystery that's mm. almost unsolvable. It's something you want to solve. I almost feel like once somebody, like if somebody ever found Bigfoot or shot Bigfoot and there was clear evidence that it was just a monkey, then it almost becomes just like a grade A for something like that. Yeah. Where now he's like just legendary because it's just this unknown thing that it could happen and right. it's like yeah just that exploration or like UFOs like the second one becomes like oh yeah that was a secret government project mm-hmm. it's still interesting but it's not like it doesn't have that aura right. of what could it be yeah that's what I, that's what I'm trying to say I think you said it better but well, that's kind of like what I was trying to say it's like now that we live in this age of technology I feel, I feel like our two sides kind of complement each other because of like the age of technology, people have answers to everything, you know. So there's like still that little bit of frontier out there. That yeah, we don't know. But I also see what you're saying with like mystery, like the final frontier. The f- is the final frontier is Bigfoot? Well, I, yeah, people like mystery. I mean, right. That's definitely ha- most thriller novels. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, um, <laughs> editing, editing, lots of editing, all that goodness. But so oh, today's man, episode, so thirsty. Sweet. We, I don't know. I feel like UFO or Bigfoot, you can't really go wrong with it. So we decided on. Oh, yes, you can. <laughs> <laughs> you are so right. I, UFOs and Bigfoot, you put them together. You put them, we're not going to name any Amazon documentaries out there. Bigfoot. But if we were to. <laughs> um. So you can't go wrong with it, but we decided to go with UFOs for today's episode uh, because there are some spicy moments that happened this week. I was messaging you, be like, I heard I about think. some news things. Yeah. I didn't watch any because I was 
I was busy camping. I literally just got back camping, so. How long are you guys gone? Just Saturday into Sunday, but oh. we were preparing for it. Oh. So. And did you guys see Bigfoot? No, there's too many people out. That's right. Bigfoot doesn't like people. I did see some. But, um, since we, I don't really know who should go first or not, because I feel like both our stories are pretty key. Um, he's talking about swamp gas. Yeah talking about where that came from we should put it in because it actually made an appearance in men in black the original yeah there was a moment in uh then in, in the first men in black movie where tommy lee jones he uh neuralizes a whole group of people and he's like what you saw was nothing but marsh gas or whatever mm-hmm. and then will smith's like what marsh gas and that actually comes from a famous ufo mm-hmm. uh, case which happens very close to us but yeah, swamp gas. So he's talking about swamp gas um, and how that connects with UFOs and stuff. And I'm talking about the Maury Island incident. Oh. Yeah. Is that like the Morris murders? Maybe. It's in it's in Washington, as we'll yeah. find out. A lot of crazy stuff over on the West Coast. So we got a good episode today. Um, Owen, do you want evens or odds? Evens. Evens? Okay. Evens go. Roll the two. Crap. All right. So. Oh, um, man. I don't. Uh, swampity, swampity gas. All right. Let's see. Uh, see my great storytelling. Mm-hmm. So, yes, I chose this one because this is like really it's cool because it's local and it's like it's kind of cool hearing different things from around the world. But because this happened in Ann Arbor, which in like Washtenaw County, just all around there. Mm-hmm. It actually happened in a little town called Dexter, which is kind of close to Ann Arbor. I feel like I've, oh, yeah. I've and it happened in Hillsdale. Yeah. You know where Hillsdale College is? Which I was almost thinking about once upon a time going to Hillsdale College. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's some events. But anyway, this is the year 1966. Oh. Fun fact about 1966. This was the same year that Batman came out, Adam West, and Star Trek. Confirmed. Yeah, so maybe that's why it was Star Trek, but I don't know if Star Trek was out. This happened, I think it was uh, March 14th, was the original, the first sighting, so then it happened on the 20th, because this was multiple nights this happened. Right. Anyway, we'll we'll, we'll get back to that. Uh, 1966 is also the year Doritos were invented and came out. Oh, that's what you're telling about Doritos right here? Yeah, this was before dolphins were evolved and... Pop to bags. pop bags <laughs> with their dorsal fin. <laughs> yep. Um, came out. Fresca came out. A lot of great things. Lyndon B. Johnson was the president of the United States of America. Wait. <laughs> and there was actually a poll during this time. Ninety-five percent of people that were polled knew what UFOs were. Yeah. Only eighty-six percent knew who Lyndon Johnson was. So more people knew about you, like have heard about UFOs, than the president of the United States at the time. Wasn't Lyndon B. Johnson uh, JFK's dude? Um, yeah, I think. Yeah, because wasn't he the one? He was. He was the. He's a suspect to me if he's the guy that killed Kennedy or not. Wasn't he Kennedy's? You'll have to you'll vice have president. to go on Kennedy because I know there's a lot of stuff on him. I just have. Well, what I'm trying to say is like he was vice president, so I mean, 
up until a few years ago, I didn't know who vice presidents, well, what they really did, quite to be honest. They, they, just, never... they just sit around and wait till the president to die. That yeah. is their literal job is to be the, the, the president. That's why... So the fact that um, <laughs> more people knew about aliens than the vice president, you know, I totally. That's why shock people. Me too that's much. why people are are waiting for the next uh, the for the VP pick right now. Yeah, they're pretty much seeing who is going to be president. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so okay, uh, where do I want to begin? There's oh, there's just so much stuff to. Okay, we'll start with. The probably the biggest incident, which was March twentieth, right? Okay, sixty six. Oh, March twentieth, nineteen sixty six. Gotcha. It happened in Dexter, Michigan, uh, to a guy, to a family, the Manor family. Okay. Um, and it's Frank Manor was the husband, and then he had a kid and a wife. Mm-hmm. And the kid and Frank said they saw these lights. They were coming down into their property, and all of South Michigan is kind of like a swamp. It's either farm or swamp to people who don't know. 100%. So this was like, they had farmland, but this was like the woodsy, swampy area of their land where they came down. And the kid was, or the guy was like, hey, we're going to go find this, you know, because they saw lights going down in the field. And before they did that, they called the cops. Yeah. Like, so the cops were headed out, right? According to all the witnesses. Yeah. from what we know um so before the cops came they were going into the swamp and they said that they saw two lights they were flashing yellow and red and it was like on the ends of this mm-hmm. craft um the only person who, who ever saw the craft like itself was frank manor so that's a little suspicious i was gotcha. i thought that was a little weird because everybody else just saw lights and all of the incidents but he said he saw like a, almost like a football-shaped craft with a dome on the top, and then on each ends of the craft were different yeah. flashing lights. But other people saw the lights, though. Yeah, like I so, said, the cops. It's not totally. Like I said, the cops saw the lights. Yeah. Too, and the way it was was he was on his property, mm-hmm. and he was like coming up into the swamp, and the cops were coming from a different on the road, and they were coming from the north, so they were both seeing the lights. And they were both tracking them down, but they couldn't, when they got close, they would just kind of fly off. And what's even weirder was the two cops. The two cops got there and they were chasing this thing down. Mm -hmm. And then they couldn't find it. And this happened uh, from 8 o'clock to 11 o'clock at night. Dang. So, so, I mean, it wasn't like, it wasn't like the types of UFO sightings where it's, you know, it happens in like five seconds, and you're like, you're, you think you saw something in the air, and then it's gone. Mm-hmm. Like they were actively like seeing different, uh, different things. Uh, well, just these flashing ends of lights, and uh, but they were trying to hunt this down, and then they came out, and uh, when they came out, there was actually another pair of cops watching. And the other pair of cops said that they saw four lights instead of just two lights, mm-hmm. and that there was a pair of, of the lights above the first cops and the first cops didn't even see it really yeah so there was a total of four cops that night that saw the saw all the lights plus frank manor yeah and uh that's kind of and he got like that's when like the press came down because there was the ufos like i said they were yeah 95 yeah yeah the 60s i mean this was like 
mid 60s too this was the ufo mania yeah so sure. that's i don't like if this was the only part of the incident i wouldn't want to talk about it because even with just a couple of uh spectators you know mm-hmm. like it can be proven like it could be disproven pretty easily yeah um and especially with what comes later it's like yeah this is suspicious but this isn't the only time it happens right um needless to say uh yeah the manners there's i mean this becomes a national news story mm-hmm. um they're actually on a cbs documentary and but they start getting ridiculed by neighbors and stuff and yeah. the press is constantly with them and there's a ton of a ton of stuff that happens that said like we wouldn't have even said anything men in black we, type stuff well it's like well it's like yeah it makes you wonder like yeah. how many people see stuff and they just don't want to do it, don't want anything to do with it Dang. because i mean they don't want to deal with the kind of either press mm-hmm. or other people thinking they're crazy cuz i mean these people once after this incident happened like there's just random people showing up like just walking on their land just yeah. like trying to check stuff out and then obviously like people who didn't believe them at all um so but that's not the spiciest part. Yeah. Okay. You're getting deeper, boys. Oh, I'm getting. We're getting deeper. We're going deeper. This is this is like. I see those pages of notes. You got a whole other page I, at least. I know. Like, <laughs> well, I just have a little notes. I wish I would have taken more. So this is this is like the part that I think is way more credible. Yeah. Hillsdale College, which is right kind of by Ann Arbor, Dexter area. Yo. It's all out there. Yeah. March twenty first, the night after. Okay. There is a group of co-ed girls, like mm-hmm. a dorm, and they all see these different flashing lights, and it happens from for just hours. It happens from like late, like eleven o'clock at night to like, you know, like four in the morning or something crazy. Yeah. Like, and the whole like this whole dormitory of girls. I uh, I, I heard it say that there was at least sixty to eighty different eyewitnesses saying they saw some sort of lights happening that mm-hmm. night. Mass hallucinations aren't a thing. Well, yeah, that's what. And uh, not only that, but the head mis- mistress of, like, the dormitory, yeah. uh, she was a journalist for eight years straight <laughs> before. Spicy. So she told the girls, she's like, just watch everything and take as many notes as you can just as it's happening. So there's just a whole ton of like, just crazy stuff they say. Like they talk about how they see, like they see two sets of lights, and they they can tell that it's the single unit because they they the lights move like this. Yeah. Like if this was a light and this was a light, they'd be moving oh, like yeah, this. Oh yeah, yeah. And they could tell that they were moving because they'd look at like a lamp post and stuff, and they'd uh, notice how the lights were moving, just shifting, mm-hmm. and they would see. Like I said, they would be seen. They saw this for hours. Uh, they even called. They called police. Police were out there. Um, they called. Uh, I forgot who it was. Um, anyway, his name was Van Horn. Okay. I don't remember if he was the head of the college or uh, like some sort of somebody important. He was some sort of city official. Oh, okay. He's either a college, like a really high college official, or mm-hmm. a city official. But he came out there and he saw the lights too, and was like. When he got there, he was noticing uh, what the girls were noticing, that when their cop cars would, like, drive around to, to look at them, the lights would 
the lights would kind of fade out and kind of go away. And then as the cop car got farther away, they would get back and then and uh, do that. But out of all these witnesses, they only saw lights. They did not. Right. They not, did not see any. Um, they did not see any tangible object, mm -hmm. which is kind of sucky, but it just makes you wonder where these lights came right. from because they saw them like they were moving all around mm -hmm. and some of them different types of glowings were happening there's just so much craziness that was happening this night of march 21st mm -hmm. and it got so bad like it got like so much attention between frank manners and that that uh pretty much the the city just like got the defense department on the on the phone and they're like we need the project blue book out here oh so spicy. yeah project blue book came out and uh dang yeah let's just say uh yeah i'm pretty sure it was uh our senator or our michigan congressman gerald r ford at the time no way, like, like yeah the gerald r ford the gerald r ford yes him at the time i don't know about you i don't i don't remember if that was before or after <laughs> But the thing about Project Blue Book, it was being ran, ran by this major guy who was like, he wanted to get it done as fast as possible. And he sent out this guy, an astrophysicist named Heineck. Yeah. And the, the Heineck guy, because he's a scientist, he wanted to like, like, you know, research and get all this. But they only sent one guy out there to investigate all this stuff. Okay. Yeah. And they only gave him like two days to investigate. Yeah. Yeah, because the major was like, you know, like, he was just trying to do it because people were calling like, oh, look at all this weird stuff. We, we need to have somebody research. I feel like if you're in Project Blue Book, like your one job, <laughs> I know, your one job like, is to be like, oh, hey, there's an alien sighting and there's like a hundred people well, out there. Blue Book <laughs> is just looking at researching UFOs, not necessarily aliens. We well, don't want to I mean, jump the gun and say it's aliens because, I mean, this was the 60s. It was the there 60s. Was, there was Soviets and, and U.S. I think there is an Air Force. No, the Air Force base is near Battle Creek, isn't it? I don't know. No. Oh. I mean, the nearest town would be Detroit, mega thing, but why would it be all the way out in Dexter? Yeah, why is it in the middle of no? Like, like it's literally of... between Jackson and Detroit, like smack dab in the middle. That's where Dexter's at. Yeah. So why would there be right? Why would there be Soviets? <laughs> and it's not. And or... it's not those lanterns because they said they were like moving in pairs and stuff like that. Oh yeah, you know what I'm the... saying. Like those yeah. lanterns we almost caught a tree on fire with that one summer. I don't even think those were really a thing in the U.S. at the time. And even if they were, I mean, that, that was more. I think after Tangled that became popular, but I know they were big in China and Asia. But Tangled really yeah. ruined all their UFO uh, credibility. <laughs> Let's just say uh, those things have probably started some fires. I've almost started some fires with those things. Just I still remember the picture. Get off track. I still remember. <laughs> In my mind, vividly, you coming down from the other house, you had your revolver out the window. You're like, all right, I got it. Because we were going to shoot it down. Oh, we got to tell him, yeah, we had a paper lantern. Yeah. And we lived by a bunch of oak trees. <laughs> so we thought it'd be smart to light one right under some oak trees. Yeah. And then uh, it got stuck in the oak trees and just started, became like, like a ball of fire. Mm, we're like, what can we do? So mm, I was going to just get my revolver and just start shooting. <laughs> yeah, now that I think about it, that was a horrible idea. We lived, like, we were going to shoot in the air. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it's a bad idea. But it's at a least bad idea. We're close enough to, I think, in the middle of nowhere where it's like, it's a little bad. And it's a 22, but. It's just I think, 22. But I think we're, uh, we're far enough out. 
but yeah, it was a bad idea. I don't even think we never even shot it because it was coming down by the time we were getting ready. Yeah. But yeah, bad ideas. Bad ideas. I have some other stories about that, but I, I can't say. Can't it wasn't there was there's no arson here there's no <laughs> arson um but yeah it was just stupid project blue book was out for two days yeah that's so dumb and they sent one guy to investigate this and when heinet got to the manor family like there was just there was press everywhere because it was a national news story like i said right. and like <laughs> some of the cops that witnessed it were also doing crowd control because they were kind of holding the press back. Oh, so he couldn't even yeah. like interview the cops very well. Yeah. But uh, one thing I didn't like about the interviews from what I saw mm-hmm. was it seemed like the interviewees were trying to like one up each other. Like of one course, of course, yeah. One of the cops was almost like, oh yeah, like it was a waffled, like rough texture. Mm-hmm. But previously he had said he didn't see the craft, he only saw the lights. Right. So you're like, okay, that's a little strange. So he was like trying to add detail, like I, the, like the interviewers. Yeah, the blue book researcher felt like they were trying to like, like it's like a big fish, you know, like a fishing right. story. Like, right? There might have been something that happened, but by the time it gets to him, it's like, oh yeah, we saw this craft, and then then suddenly we were abducted, even though they might have only saw some light. So I think he was a little like, a little uh, confused. Like he wasn't he wasn't too happy about that. Yeah. But then he went and talked to all the all the uh people in Hillsdale College. Right. Which a lot of the the girls stuff because they were unreliable witnesses, you know, they weren't professional. Even though one of them was like a journalist for 8 years, you yeah. know, like the headmasters, like a lot of them were kind of discredited. Also, there was just so many different stories of what people saw cuz in these phenomenons, you have people seeing different things. Mm-hmm. You have a lot of people seeing something, but nothing sounds exactly what another person saw. Like right. one person's like, "Oh, I saw a pair of orange red lights that were flashing," but another person was like, "No, I saw one flashing green light." You know, mm-hmm. so there was a lot of that going around. And uh, <laughs> he actually talked with Van Horn quite a bit, and Van Horn was actually the one that started talking about. Uh, like willow wisps and marsh gas. Yeah, even that makes no which, sense though. Which uh, it's marsh gas is actually really cool. I wish I'd seen it because yeah. we kind of live near a swamp. Because Michigan is a swamp. I got a train that's no. <laughs> um, pull that up. What? I'm gonna pull that up later. What? See what marsh gas looks like. I feel like I've read about it. Like it's, it's an actual thing, right? Yeah, it's like instantaneous combustion type stuff. Because swamp gases will decay mm-hmm. and then. Uh, they'll they'll just kind of like, like kind of become into a ball, and if the conditions are right, they'll light up. Right. And the gas is kind of like when you have a lighter, and you're just like holding the lighter down, letting the gas yeah in, and then you light a spark. It's like poof, that's marsh gas. Yeah. Um, and it can be in different colors, and it can be in different places. Mm. So you can have like one pop up, and then another, and another, and it looks like like there's uh something traveling. Which yeah. is actually where will-o'-wisps came from. And I love will-o'-wisps. They right. just sound cool. Or will-o'-the-wisps. I don't Thank know. You. Some people say will-o'-wisps. Some people say will-o'-the-wisp. I don't know why some, Why the does there or not. Mm-hmm. But they're just like, you know, like the, the ghostly balls of light, which is like, right. oh, I want to talk about some crazy stuff. Talk about St. Elmo's Fire. St. Elmo's Fire? Like from the song? Well, I mean. Oh. What was it, 1985? 
ne- there's like phenomena called St. Elmo's fire. Oh, I didn't know that. Which is another, that was a lot of uh, discounting of other older UFO cases where it was St. Elmo's fire. That's another time, but that's, that's right. good stuff. Um, the only thing that like makes but it weird. He, he yeah. would just, Van Horn would just like talked about it. I think it was one of those things where he had seen it probably once and he was just excited to be like, oh yeah, like there's these things in the swamp. You have swamp mm-hmm. gas that lights up. And I don't, because later on when Heineck said, was talking about it, yeah. Van Horn was really mad. Like there's no way, like I've lived in a swamp my whole life and what this is, it wasn't that. Right. But uh, I'm try- I'm kind of going ahead a little, but anyway, like I said, he had two days to investigate and he was, he was kind of upset about it. Uh, Heineck was because he didn't have any resources or any time to do it. So he was pressed mm-hmm. and kind of after talking to Van Horn and then he talked to some people at U of M because mm-hmm. he's in Ann Arbor, some professors that wanted to stay anonymous for probably obvious reasons. Obvious they, they didn't want to go down with that ship, but yeah, uh, he had this press conference and he's like, he actually said, he's like, you know, we don't really have any, any good explanation for this. Like he, uh, one one thing it could possibly be is swamp gas, and they talked about that. Mm. But he's like, this doesn't even like fit the bill. Right. This yeah. doesn't this doesn't explain it. Like it couldn't be just that. Right. But all of the media, all they heard was swamp gas. So that was that was the big kind of conspiracy because right. everybody's like, the the army dismisses UFO sightings as swamp gas or marsh gas. Yeah. And, uh, I feel like there's some deeper stuff going on there, but I don't know. You still can't explain like the Hillsdale College thing. 80 plus. And guess what? I didn't even talk about March 14th. Before a manor happened, March 14th. I think it was like four different sets of police cars had saw lights in the sky all night in the in the wee hours of the morning that never got investigated by Project Blue Book. They were all cops. And there's like actual uh, uh, writing of the like incident report. So of people calling in and of cops calling in and saying that they are seeing these lights. Mm. And that never even got, none of that got reported. And that was before Manor, which was like the biggest thing for me. Because I heard about Manor, I'm like, well, if it's one family, like he could be faking that, you know? Right. Or he's in with the cop. Like, it just sounded weird. When you have like eight different cops from different departments. Yeah. One of them was, I think, the Washtenaw County Sheriff's Office. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of them was Livingston, I think. I'm mm-hmm. not quite sure. But there are different departments seeing these lights and getting reports of these lights and stuff happening then. Yeah. Like, that's definitely, that's UFO. We don't know where it's from. Right. But it's a UFO thing. And that sure. never got investigated. Definitely not swamp gas, though. But yeah, definitely. that's how it ended up in... Uh, but that became a, a major kind of scandal. Like the military was like, oh yeah, like they're covering up. Covering and that's up. how it got in Men in Black. And it happened right right near us. Yeah, dude, I don't even know that. I live near Dexter. Isn't that, isn't, a that, isn't that a crazy UFO thing though? Yeah, I didn't know that. I always heard Swamp Gas and it was in Michigan or yeah, something. I never like, knew it was like that complex though. It's like what the nerds do. Actually, actually. It was Swamp Gas. <laughs> swamp Gas. But it's like, it's become a joke, but... Yeah, it's, it's crazy, dude, like... Because I never really looked into it. I knew about it, but I hadn't looked into it until yeah. I was researching it. I'm like, whoa, like, there were some serious UFO happenings. 
UFOs an unidentified flying object. Not aliens. I'm not saying they're aliens. I'm so not you're say saying they're aliens. Yeah, they're aliens. <laughs> they're not aliens. Well, it could be. I'm not saying they are. There was just mysterious lights in right. the sky. Unexplained. Seen by at least 80 people one night. Yeah. A family and four different cops another night. And then, like, cops from multiple departments night before. That's like wet blue books. That's like wet blue books. That's like blue books wet dream. That's their or job. like the government. Everybody's wet dream is like, ah, oh, there's like a hundred people that saw it. Yeah, but yeah. like like I said, I think, I forgot his name, but he was the major at a time, like, heading it up. Like, yeah. I felt like he just, he was more of a military guy that didn't care a whole lot. Like, mm. he just wanted the, the press to get away and not care about it. Right. So, yeah, they were like, what what happened there? Dang. And there's some other stuff that happened later on with the whole blue book and then more, more uh, research and stuff. Like, they actually made a committee in Congress because of that, because they were dissatisfied with the answer. And I can't remember if Jared Ford made the committee then or if he was the one that got Blue Book out. Mm -hmm. But yeah, he was in that. And uh, But after they made that committee to redo more research, there wasn't really any... They were going to go around looking for colleges, mm -hmm. uh, independent people that weren't part of the government to research this, but none of the professors wanted to do it because if you're researching UFOs, you're pretty much a quack, you know? Right. It's like, yeah, it's like anybody who's like researching some other explanation other than evolution, like, you know, like, yeah, you're, you're considered a, a quack immediately. I feel so like that's the one job I want though. Nobody, something crazy like that. Nobody wants to get that because you could lose funding. Right. Like, oh, true. If you're asking questions that are like, kind of like, yeah, they might like, they might be a little conspiratorial. They might be that. Yeah. Like, it might be really fun to look at some other explanations, but at the same time, it's going to brand you. For sure. I mean, yeah, look at Bob Lazar, you know? He came out as, like, a UFO guy, and pretty much the whole scientific community canceled him. But Are you saying that just because we, like, lived near him? Is he in Langsburg? He was, was he something. Dude, I was just in Langsburg. Like when I was camping, should have stopped by, said hi, and got a picture with him. Should invite him on the podcast, but all right. Well, anyway, that was my UFO encounter yeah. documentary. Which actually, if people want to watch, the ball. what's up? I was gonna say if people want to watch something that's not us, but like the Livonia Library or something, they did like a almost a two hour long like mini documentary at their library that Both. got put on YouTube. Yeah, yeah it's Livonia's out near yeah. Ann Arbor, kind of. Oh, yeah. But where they were talking about this incident, and uh, it's only got like a thousand views on YouTube. We'll bump up That's the ratings. That's a shame. I know, Livonia but it's just, library. I feel like it's kind of cool when libraries do like history things. Oh, I'm it's not, like an actual. It's not just the title or person because that sounds like a title. No, like they were doing some sort of history days at the library. <laughs> oh, I see. And oh, so, so they were so doing it's an lectures. Actual library thing. I was gotcha. just saying, but no, that sounds good. I love history, so it's right. it's fun listening to to people who are like librarians and like they're so interested about like random things like Doritos yeah. the first year of Doritos well that's where I found that fact dude those people those cops were just high on Doritos and Fresca yeah they just popped Doritos <laughs> too early they were like that's when the cocaine was still in Dorito oh wait that was that was the wrong no <laughs> that's before they took it coke there was no <laughs> cocaine in the Doritos <laughs> 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 oh, 
It was 66. <laughs> we're gonna we have to, even touch we're, we're gonna have to cut yet. it. <laughs> I just choking water. <laughs> it su <laughs> sucks when you're choking water. <laughs> it's like you can't do anything about it, but like just you just have to look at him and be like, you know what? I feel your pain. I'm sorry I can't do the Heimlich because you're not really choking on anything but water. There's no, there's nothing for me to Heimlich out of there, Boro. <laughs> so it's just like, I understand your pain. That's me at like every like gathering yeah. where, where you see somebody take a sip and then their their face is probably as red as mine is now. Yeah. And then it looks like they're about to die and you're like, they're like, everybody's like, are you okay? And it's like, yeah, dude, they're okay. Like, they're just choking on some water and you can't really do anything except for like look concerned because and and feel their pain feel their lived experience sucks bro, <laughs> sucks, bro. feel well, their lived experience yeah. well he yeah that was very interesting like i said it's one of those <clears throat> stories that you hear about a long time but you <clears throat> never really look into but that's crazy yeah, this one michigan michigan right southern michigan u of m country boy so this one was actually in that terrific Amazon Bigfoot is a you is an alien documentary watch that fantastic five out of five stars would watch again. Yeah. Yeah, that one. The one we were referencing at the beginning. I don't even want to give it, you know, I don't even wanna I don't want people to find it. I kind of do, but at the same time, I don't want to give it any press. <laughs> don't give it any press. If you've, if you, okay, if you've been in any market for Bigfoot movies, you've probably come across it. If any you've been free on market, inside. yeah. Any market, you've probably come across it. I feel like know. it's probably got like fifty views. When you watch it, like even if it's years from out, you'll remember us talking. We'd be like, oh, that's that one movie they were talking about. You, you will know instantly. I feel like the comments are greater than the movie itself because half the comments are either roasting the movie yeah the other half are like people just like actual like bigfoot people being like what yeah and then the third half are people like just like kind of joking like just going with the movie and just mm -hmm. being crazy like because there's just so much like what were you thinking? So I didn't actually put two and two together when we watched that and when I heard about this. I was looking for just kind of crazy UFO events that happened. And this was actually in that Bigfoot movie, which is where I kind of advertly heard about it, but I didn't really pay attention to it. Um, this is the Hope on Mori. Mari. Mori. I'm just going to call it Mori, like a talk show host. That's what sucks when you like research something and you what? only you only read it. Yeah. So it makes you sound like you don't know what you're talking about because mm -hmm. you only read something, but you know a whole lot about it. It's just, you know what I'm talking about? It's like you hear somebody listening about the incident, and they're like, oh, they don't know what it's called. It's a moray. A moray. But it's like, no, I'm just, I'm sorry. I've only read 12 books on the subject. <laughs> and uh, apparently in my head, it's Mori. Yeah. That's the culture of people not reading. Yeah. Anyway. Reading their manjas and their. Comments. So, with Maury Island, uh, if you don't know, Maury Island is. I don't. Does anybody? Okay, sorry, Emma. If you if you're a UFO person, you've probably heard about this. Okay. If you're an average everyday this... individual, then you probably have. Sorry. If if yeah, if you're a normal human being, not like us, I go up there every summer. Then you probably haven't heard about this. But to give you context, uh, Tacoma, Washington, is 25 miles south southwest of seattle 
Um, and then Maury Island is literally, and I'll throw like a map up, but Maury Island is right next to it. Like, it's probably like a mile away from Tacoma. Wow, I'm I haven't that. heard about this. Like, I've heard a lot of weird ones. Yeah. Is this was, really like a big one? This, must be this big is one. a huge, this is criminally underrated. Okay. Uh, like it can't it's be, big, it can't be. Uh, it's criminally underrated. Can't be as good as mine. What year is this? We're no, yours about? is like mainstream. Like everyone's heard of Swamp Gas or whatever. Yeah, you know, if you've heard, of, you probably heard of Swamp. It's I bet you all, all the older people too. Which I don't know how many yeah. older people are going to be listening because, but cool older people, cool older people. Yeah, they know. I'm sure they know. They know about it. But yeah, the younger generation might not. Might not. And I, we are here to educate you on some spicy stories. Mm, so to get to spicy. this Maury Island incident. Um, this is actually the first UFO incident. This is the first one. Dude, there can't be a first one. Like, like I said, you'd there's... be like, oh, it was Roswell or something. No, this was a month. No, sorry, two weeks before Roswell. Oh, okay. And that that so, was like crazy. Was that 47? This is 1947. Okay. This is uh, late June 1947. Because 47 was when Project Blue Book started. Right. Okay. I think I'm not sure on that, but something 95 like that. I wouldn't sure. be surprised. It's called the Summer of UFOs because of how many UFO sightings there were. But this is the granddaddy of them all. Dude, and when Roswell. I read that, I, w- I get interested wow. when it's the first Roswell. of something. What's up? Roswell. 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 People I, know that. The older people know that. All the cool older all people. The cool. <laughs> They'll be laughing and chuckling, and all the young people are going to be. What? what? What's he talking about? Um, Jose Chunks. And I get really interested when it's the first of something. So, because, because you can't fabricate it. Well, just like in my story. Yeah. Like the Frank Manor one was the second incident. And you could see where it could kind of be like a copycat. Yeah. But the first one was just, there were cops. Right. Like different cops. So, like, that was like, why would cops be like just yeah. from different departments be like, oh, yeah, crazy lights? Like, yeah. So, so this one was like the first, this is the first on like, on record ufo actual sighting sighting going on and let me tell you it goes down the rabbit hole real deep man washington was probably a different place back then too that was probably like no man's land yeah kind of think of like smallish town and when i say small town not like a suburb i'm talking like five ten thousand people probably i mean there's probably way more than that but just think of like that small the areas of town the areas of canada where they filmed the x-files yeah this, that was filmed in canada oh that's crazy yeah um Cheaper, oh bro. boy i'm just looking at these notes like where do i even start um yeah i see okay here we go so late june 1947 tacoma washington mm. two dudes where's uh, that is that like northern it's, if you've heard me before it's Sorry. 25 miles from seattle <laughs> okay um this is before amazon then this is dude like that's just crazy thing about like amazon like made seattle a city like i thought that starbucks made it a city everybody out there made it a well, starbucks okay starbucks that's true i lied like just like those companies before they came like it was a small dude Microsoft. Bill Gates lived in Seattle. Sorry. <laughs> oh my like, story. I'm sorry. I just want to tell my story. And I'm like doing like setting it up like 10 times. And it's like, I'm, I'm bro. Try, I'm trying to like, like, cause people think of Seattle as like this big city. Yeah. Amazon, Starbucks. Like we're talking like 1947. Not Washington was like 
I mean, there was there's probably nobody in Washington. Yeah. And especially 20 minutes south of Seattle. It's yeah. Pro- is, so how big is the city? This city? I Like, I mean, I don't need specific numbers. It, looking at the map, I mean, now. Nowadays, even. Now it's probably as big as Seattle. I don't know about population-wise. Like, the county or road lines look less complex than Seattle. So Seattle's, like, the capital of Washington, I think. I don't know. Yes. No way. Okay, Tacoma is definitely not the capital. But Tacoma is, it's one of the bigger cities in Washington. Um, You know, right next to Seattle, so that makes sense. Is that Olympia? Um, Where's it? Capital is, I, Olympia is the capital of either Washington or Oregon. I don't remember which. It might be that. It's but yeah, Seattle's huge. Um, so if you're looking at it, it's literally like a mile. Maury Island is about a mile from Tacoma, Washington. And in 1947, uh, they had kind of like neighborhood watch, but oh. for like the the because it's in this not the horrible alien film neighborhood <laughs> watch. No, it's like this golf like this kind of set it's it's a bunch of islands you know because it's right next to the ocean but it's this landmass mixed like with islands peninsulas things like that chapaquitic what like chapaquitic maybe so they have like this neighborhood <laughs> wa- dude we're gonna trash this story so bad keep going keep okay going. i gotta give the respect it's such a good story okay <clears throat> man editing's gonna be really fun later Dude, don't don't edit it. Just free Just let it go. Let it go. Let it go. One with the wind and sky. I feel like people's attention span might not last that long. But Dude, they're learning truth bombs, man. <laughs> they're learning about Chappaquiddick. They're Ch- learning about Jose Chung. Jose Chung. Oh yeah. The they're learning about nineteen forty seven. Yeah. So here's what I'm gonna do. Uh, I'm going to say that Maury Island is about a mile from Tacoma, um, but it's in like this gulf kind of thing, this kind of section of like mini peninsulas, almost bigger than islands, but oh, not as big as peninsulas. Like little inlets, yeah. Um, little so there's like this gulf that goes around Tacoma and it goes all Fjords. the way up to like Puget Sound where Seattle's at, um, things like that. So they had like this neighborhood watch type thing. Oh. With so people just old dudes on their boats. Yeah, this is gonna get spicy. I can tell already. Yeah. So dudes on their boats, uh, their boots are just going out in the sound, and they're just like cleaning up logs because there's it's it's the forties. The you know there's tons of timber things like that. People cutting down forests for expansion and everything. Uh, so they're just out there cleaning up, make sure everything. That's probably the number one industry out there. Probably there's there's a lot of forests even now. So these two dudes and their dog are in this boat, just neighborhood watch style, um, going going around this little gulf, this little sound thing uh, near Maury Island. Like a bay? Yeah, bay. Like that's, a, that's like a, a fjord. Or that's a bay. what I'm talking about. It's a bay. That's what it is. Um, it's bay. And just going about through the day, doing logs, things like that. These two dudes and a dog. And they're looking in the sky. And there are six flying discs that they've never seen before. Okay. 1947. Two dudes. Just two dudes in their boat looking up. Okay, before before I know more. Yeah. This is Washington, which is the western coast of the western coast. And they can probably see Russia from their house. They can see Russia from their house. I mean, this was pre-Cold War because it was 47. 
This is right after World War II. But I mean, Russia's still was doing, well, the Soviet Union was still doing, still doing things. I was looking at some sources. This, this isn't related to this. I was looking at some sources. We could do an episode on this. When you I mean, right again. now as a skeptic and realist, you're going to have to convince me it wasn't Russia. <laughs> there are some crazy things that happened around this time that weren't as popular as these things. I'll talk because it's not known. It's, you literally, ha I had to scan documents of like crazy government stuff to even find stories like this. But Man. this, being as big as it was, um, is very widely known. So you had these two dudes in a boat, just Washington, probably super cloudy, probably rainy, things like that. Oh, they look up in the sky and there's these six discs. You know, I can only imagine what they think. And they said it made no sound. And it was like this shiny aluminum metal. Hmm. And then, so they're just like, whoa, what is that? You know, crazy things Dude, like that. Dog dies, we riot. Anyway, keep going. So one of the discs, um, it, they, they're like, it looks like way too unstable or something like that. And the disc actually like implodes. So one one's just kind of like, and then... What, did they say they were making sounds? Like, No. Because a lot of these UFO incidents... They'll be. They'll talk about how they'll move, and there's nothing. Right. There wasn't any sound, so it's just flying. And it just, you know. When when you say, did you mean implode, or because you sounded like explode? Did it just like, and it was gone? Or did no, it, it, it wasn't like gone. It was like, like it. I guess exploded, but it was just like kind of. If I, sure, explode. It just it okay. blew up. Because you said implode, so I mean. Now, Semantics, semant, whatever. Okay. So the the spicy metal that comes off it, uh, they said it was like a white lava, kind of like a metallic substance. It hits the boat, hits the dog, kills the dog instantly. Dude, we're rioting. Told I you, already bro. said it. I gave you that look. Um. So what happened is they have these metal shards on their boat and a dead dog, and that sounds like a pretty crazy story, right? They have so, the shards. They have the shards. So, off of this, people, they call people. Um, guys find out about it. And there are three characters in the story you'll just need to remember. Uh, they come up, you don't need to remember their, memorize their names, we just remember them. So there's Fred Crisman and Harold Dahl. Harold. These are Fred the two witnesses in the boats. Sounds like the four, most 40s names. Fred and Harold. Fred and Harold. I wouldn't be surprised if there's like a Frank in there too. The next guy coming in is shortly Frank. is Kenneth Arnold. Mm, Kenneth. If you're in the UFO community, you've probably heard the name. If not, he was a private investigator. Oh, um, boy. He was a commercial airline pilot for United Airlines. Mm -hmm. um, and then he turned like investigator. And he has ties to like the Chicago newspaper type deal. Mm. Uh, I, for, I, I forgot which one it was. I didn't write down my notes. So, um, and then the last guy. So there's three parties, Frank, three parties of people. Arnold Palmer. Four people. Arnold Palmer. <laughs> <laughs> for dying. So Fred Crisman and Harold Dahl, they're the witnesses. Kenneth Arnold, private investigator, okay. who was a pilot. And it's into this crazy UFO type of things. He was the first, like, crazy dude to go out be like, oh, let's go look at that. Third and last party is... None other than FBI Special Agent Jack B. Wilcox. I was hoping it was Fox Mulder. I've heard of Wilcox before. He was the first Fox Mulder. Yeah, I've heard they, of him. If, if they base X-Files character off that to this person, I could totally see why. Um, yeah. Uh, so that intro happened, uh, six flying discs in the air, 
And that's where the story starts. Man. So they Kenneth Arnold he starts hearing about this. I'm still upset about that dog. Yeah, dog's dead. They fly out. <laughs> I'll tell you what they did later. <laughs> so they fly out. So Kenneth Arnold fly, flies out because they That's call. how you know it's not a prank, dude. That's, that's, that, that can't be a fake because no humane person would kill their own dog but for a story. So they call uh, newspapers, these the first two dudes, which is it's suspicious because they call these newspapers. There's like, whoa, this crazy thing just happened. Like, um, yeah, dog's dead. At discs are flying in the sky and stuff. Dude, kind of, what, do we know what kind of dog it is? I know I don't want to like I don't want to trail, but maybe if it was a Pomeranian, I could see. But <laughs> you think the dudes named Fred and Chrisman and Harold are gonna have a Pomeranian in the forties? Probably wasn't even on a, a boat, in the forties. <laughs> yeah, I'm just like, dude. I could just think of old old dog named Shep. It probably was an old dog named Shep. <laughs> like. Oh man, I'm just, I'm still sad, dude. So news, they call newspaper, they call like this magazine, and this guy who is who quit his job as an airline pilot because he saw UFOs or saw something crazy, so he got into this business. Um, flew out to Tacoma, Washington, and met with these dudes. Um, and subsequently, they they write stuff, they release it to newspapers and everything. Um, and the FBI hears about because potential security risk, national security, national security risk for the NSA. But it's like, why is there a national security risk going on? You ask? Well, well, because they have the these shards. Yeah. West coast, West coast. They have these shards. They see flying discs and stuff. Only happened. One, they Could only have saw been Japan one time. again, man. Probably well, was Japan. Well, Got robots. Sorry. Keep going. Well, it only happened one time that these guys saw it, but they had these actual, like, metal chunks. Chunks of metal. <laughs> and there was damage to their bow. And so what happened was uh, these dudes are meeting Wait. in this hotel. What's that? How big were these shards? Because I'm, like, thinking, like, giant meteorites. Like, chunks. 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 Like, I'm not, I didn't actually see pictures, but from what they were describing it, it was either, like, this... Or like this, or th- well, you know. You like said they were shards. They were kind of like pointed, like broken glass type shards. Or? I think it was more like molten. Oh, okay. Like because it, it exploded and stuff. Something like giant cannonballs yeah, going like through their ship. Yeah, it was like lava going through their ship. Whoa. Um, and they call up the air force around the area. They call Not up the people like that. Um, and the air force. So back in the day, if you didn't know the. Army and the Air Force were two, two of the same thing. The Army Air Force. Okay, so they're here to that. So kind of like, kind of like a little bit like the Marines and the Navy before the Marines kind of. Which the Marines? No, they're still they're still a part of it. Oh, but back then it was literally like the Army Air Force were together. We're like the Air Force Space Force now. Yeah. So they they called up the local base and to a lieutenant. uh, I need to pull their names up because it's. Uh, Lieutenant Captain Lieutenant Dan. Let me let me see right here. Um, the Army Intelligence Officers Captain Davidson and Lieutenant Brown. Mm. This where it gets spicy. So it is now. So that was in late June, June twenty first, or the twenty seventh. One of the two mm. uh, dates are a little out right now. Um, so this is a full month later. You have magazines going around. You have newspaper articles going around that, hey, like local, not national. 
um, that there's these flying discs. So the army intelligence goes out, sends two dudes out there to meet with these guys. That's an interesting thing too, is that it's local because this is before UFOs were really a phenomenon. This was the first one. I know, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. So like, you're not going to do this for, it's not a copycat and you're not doing this for, right. to get national news because right. I know, I know this was kind of the, this was the beginnings of B movie, you know, like it came yeah. from space, like that kind now, of stuff. I, looked, but. I, I actually looked that up today. Um, so there was two things that I thought could have been something. The first was the battle for Los Angeles, not the fantastic 2012 movie, which I love. But it with the same guy from The Dark Knight. Same dude from The Dark Knight. Boom, I can't think of his name. Um, it was a battle for Los Angeles, which they thought were the weather balloons, which actually happened. If you didn't know, uh-huh. the Japanese sent weather balloons out to uh, America trying to bomb us, basically, with mm-hmm. these long distance balloons that were just supposed to pop and then they were to go down. Um, mm. And that's basically what happened with Los Angeles or they just got spooked. So it was like this huge gunfire. So I thought it was that. that but that happened in 43 yeah. or 42, something, 41 even maybe. But it was years before. And even then, it wasn't discs. It was during World War II. Yeah, it wasn't like so any this discs. So 47. Yeah. Um, and then the other one, which I thought of today, like, oh, maybe it influenced that, was War of the Worlds radio show. No, that's like the thirties. the thirties? People saw like it was aliens or something like that. Yeah. Well, that was like thirty-seven. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So it was like a full decade. Thirty-three, thirty-seven, something. Full decade. So even before there, there was a phenomenon like even War of the Worlds had like kind of UFO type aliens. Yeah. Like these fantastic ships. Yeah. This is kind of like when sci-fi was becoming. Yeah, sci-fi was a thing, but it wasn't mainstream. It wasn't. And these were just some dudes in the middle of Tacoma, dude, Washington. They're in Washington. They're, in they're not nowhere. mainstream. They're hipsters. They're bunch of hipsters. There's there's these two dudes. One of them was actually uh, in the flu in World War II. Um, and where I'm getting all this information oh, from. Oh, so he was a pilot, one of the old guys. So he knows. He was. A, he yeah, knows he was about aeronautic. Yeah, he knows about aeronautics and stuff like that. Um, it's always weird that, like, there's always the pilot there that knows, and he's like, yeah, this could never happen. So there's these two dudes. I'm getting... So all this information isn't from Wikipedia. It isn't from, like, crazy, like, websites. or just websites over the years that reported on it. Like, this is the story of Maury Island. No, 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 no. Dude, Wikipedia. I- <laughs> Let me finish, Owen. <laughs> There's some good references in Wikipedia that you can use. You can let me finish it. Okay. Ow, you ruined it. Ruined it. It wasn't Wikipedia, although Wikipedia has references, and I use Wikipedia a lot because people cite things and you can look it up. Yeah, they're citing certain Right. But I Freedom of Information Act, the friggin' FBI, bro. Did you get anything and from that? And you know that? what they got me? A 14-page report by none other than the written, typed by him, special agent. Dude, I wonder how many people, they probably had that on hand. I bet you there's some UFO ones that gets asked all the time. Yeah. I bet you that's one of them, where they're like, oh, like, this guy wants this. But I didn't realize they actually got you back. Like, I know you showed showed me some Mm -hmm. pictures, but I thought that was just stuff you found online. I didn't realize the FOIA actually worked. Yeah. So, these are some spicy 14 pages. This, I'm... I'm thinking about um, 
putting it in the description or something like that, or you can find it. Uh, but this is 14 pages. It's like a book. It's so detailed. Obviously, it's redacted names and things like that, so you can't get a perfect picture. But when you take information of who's involved, you can kind of start putting things together be like, oh, I know what that redacted Yeah, that one picture of the one page you showed me, like, it was like... Yeah. It was redacting names. I'm like, yeah. But if anybody was there or anybody knows any of the stories, they're going to know whose name that was. Right. They're like captain and then blank. I'm like, well, there's only one captain in the in this cast of characters. Yeah. And so you hear other stories, you know exactly who they're talking about. Yeah. And these names that are redacted are probably people that were like alive at the time. So obviously, when it was sent, it wasn't redacted, obviously. This and this wasn't just some report. No, 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 no. Jack B. Wilcox. Let me go into Jack B. Wilcox a bit to give you an idea of who he is. Uh, so this guy was originally an accountant on the east side of the country. Got a position in the FBI when he was like late twenties, something like that. Oh man, met I think an- another girl was in the FBI, something like that. Anyway, married her, dude. But just like Fox Mulder, just like Fox. I don't know if they made. He got shipped over to this side of the state. I can't remember if he was... I should have wrote it down. I can't remember if he was already there or if he was moved specifically for this. Um, But either way, this is how he got involved. July 30th. This is like the peak of what was going on. So this happened... Late June was when the dudes in the boat saw the flying discs and everything like that. Well... Dog died, I forgot what you named or something. Shep. Shepherd ship. Um, dog died. Uh they they found these chunks or chunks or little parts of uh a UFO, you know, according to their story. And they got it out to some newspapers, people started picking up on it. They called Army Intelligence or Army Intelligence found out because they had fragments of it. That's why the army was interested, because they're like Russians? You know, Japanese, things like... This was the end of World War II, like, fresh off the press two years after D-Day. You know, or or when the Japanese surrendered, I forget. 47, you know, things are still pretty pretty spicy. We're in 45, sorry. And in 45? Yep, Japanese surrendered in 45. Yeah, so it's, it's still pretty fresh. And, I mean, it's the West Coast, but not only that, literally... It's around August 6th, too, because they, they, dropped, the, they dropped the bomb... On August 6th, and then, like, right after that, they surrendered the second one. Yeah, so this isn't even, like... It's going to be two years here, but this is July 30th. Um, July 30th, uh, special agents arrive to meet with these people. So they have this hotel room. It's almost like Watergate. They have mm-hmm. this hotel room at, like, the fifth floor, room 502, and they have multiple meetings. I'm talking, like, four meetings, like, all the time. Um, they they meet up with them July 31st. They have a final meeting with the people, being like, so the blah blah blah. They go through the whole story, tell them what happened, the discs, everything exploded. You know, there were six of them, and they were leaving that night to fly to California. Wait, all six discs exploded? Just one. Okay, one disc Sorry. exploded, but there was six total. Um, so what happened? Where they're like, okay, well this is some interesting stuff. We're gonna go back. I think they were flying to California. We'll get to how this ties into California later. No. Um, but these these pilots were getting ready to leave, and the dude was like, 
You guys wait right here. The guy gets in his car, like one of the Fred, Fred Chrisman or Harold. It's redacted, but it's one of those guys, obviously. So these guys pull their car around. They open up the trunk. <laughs> and then they have these box of fragments. I thought you were about to say bodies. <laughs> <laughs> it would be that spicy. It's a crazy story. Practically. Practically. Dude, for all we know, they could be bodies. Sorry. So they're like, do you want the fragments? They're like, sure. And they give them some fragment samples. They get they on never a, see them again, do they? They get on a B-25. Here's the weird part. B-25. B-20, B, what? It's a, I don't know. It's a big bomber, I know. It's, it was, I, yeah, B-25, right there, B-25. This is, this is all coming from the FBI report, by the way. This isn't, this is what the guy wrote. This like, is what Will got Yeah, they, they can't just get on, like, a normal plane. It's a... Yeah, so they got an Air Force base. I'm not sure of the city, but it was around the area. Hamilton Field. Yeah, so they were going to California. That's crazy, because California, it's, it's going to get insane. So these dudes get on a plane. Here's the crazy part. One, not just them, but two other people. According to the FBI agent's report, one was like a flight officer or something like that. The other was a hitchhiker. A hitchhiker on a, a B- hitchhiker. Wait, are we talking about on the B twenty five? We're talking about on the B twenty five. A hitchhiker that needed to go to California or something. And we'll get into that. But this dude, you know what happens? The plane gets malfunctioned in the engine over Mount Rainer or something like that, where another plane went down like a month before. But this plane got malfunctioned. You know who died? The army, no, the army officers Davidson and Brown. The only two people to meet with those guys. You know who got out? The hitchhiker and the officer. Dude, I can see where there's some conspiracy here. Some people covering stuff up. Mm -hmm. Um, Just was it? Was it? Was he dressed up as a a FedEx hitchhiker? Maybe. He's just like, excuse me, sir. Did you I did your <laughs> So with this with what happened, obviously if two officers are dead, this is like a week or a few days before the Air Force actually became its own part of the military, like its mm-hmm. own branch. Um people got calls that they were calling up the people. They're like, hey, we just heard gunshots. They're calling people. Hey, do you need, you need to ride on one of our B-25s? <laughs> yeah, they're like, so they were calling up like the airfields because there's like an air, you know, Army Air Force base around. They're like, hey, we just heard what sounded like 20 millimeter cannons or like these giant cannons and shot this plane down. Like as the night happened, they're like, and multiple calls came in. They're like, hey, like this sounds like it just got shot down. I just heard things like this plane go down or something. And they're like, oh no. And it's just a weather balloon. It's just a weather balloon. <laughs> and these people hear about that. And they get a crazy call. The Air Force gets a crazy call from an anonymous caller. Oh, man, these are... I mean, I don't know what's going to happen, but I know anonymous callers are always like... Let's hear it. Let's anonymous callers. So that happened at 2 a.m. They left for 2 a.m. August 1st. Okay. 2 a.m. They got a call... At where's it at? Eleven thirty a.m. So the scene's still fresh. The public doesn't know what's going on, like they, but they know the plane shot down. But the public doesn't know. So the Army Air Force gets an anonymous call saying the plane carrying 
officers Brown and Davidson. Yeah, those names. Yeah, Davidson and Captain Davidson and Lieutenant Brown got shot down. You can verify this call, which is going to be released in a few hours, with the names going to the public of what just happened. And they were carrying special fragments from flying discs. Literally, 2.30 p.m. that day, the news breaks out and the army makes official things like, yeah, we did an investigation, it was a malfunction in the engine, and Captain Davidson and Lieutenant Brown were killed, but uh, but two people escaped in a parachute. Well, they don't say anything about the fragments on the... No. Before, well, this so, was... Uh, was yeah. this anonymous caller supposed to be, like, just tip line calling in America's most wanted or unsolved mystery, like... Or was this anonymous caller? What is the nature? Was it was it like an entity, like some sort of government thing, calling in talking about it, or was it just supposed to be just some random dude? So this like, is what. Do, do we know anything about this guy? This is what happened. <laughs> no, they don't know. This is what happened. Throw on a little like effects filter for a phone call. Be like, hello, Army Air Force Base. A plane just got shot down, carrying Lieutenant Davidson and Brown, carrying disc fragments. Two people are going to escape. You can verify this while the news reports come out tomorrow that these are the names of the people. It wasn't a mistake, it got shot down. Yeah, can you give me... Dude's probably FedEx, bro. That so FedEx that guy, he probably had a couple parachutes, a couple, couple suitcases of money and some parachutes. So this is no longer just some guys telling a story, um, telling it to some people. This is when, obviously, you have two people blown up and things going on. Uh, do, what was, was it Dwight D. Eisenhower? Was he the president at the time? What, no, who was, who was, who was the FBI guy? I sent you a message, I was like, oh no. Was it Wilcox? Is that who you're talking about? Oh, you're talking about, uh, yeah. The one the FBI building is named the after the FBI building. Uh, J. Edgar Hoover. J. Edgar Hoover. So J. Edgar Hoover. He's not. He's not the. I hear there's a uh, there's some things about him doing like stuff the police brutality type stuff. You know, like but. I guess I don't. I don't know. But J. Edgar Hoover sends enter our third G man, our third party, James B. Wilcox, mm. and he goes in to investigate these things. So he comes in August 17th, August 19th is when he writes this report. So I think he gets there like the 13th or 14th or something. When did the, when did the plane go down the 5th? It went down August 1st around oh. 4 in the morning, 2, two mm. to 4 in the morning. They didn't get very far before it got malfunctioned. Before it called the suicide. What, who, who, uh, did they, who, who, so it was the Air Force that researched right. the, so they go in the there. plane crash. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So they go. So this guy goes in there to obviously interview what's going on because uh, it's two dudes just got blown up and they're getting all these weird sightings. So this guy goes to interview. Did, them. Was there any? Was there any autopsy of the bodies? I mean, what was left of whatever the bodies were? No. Because you know, you wonder if there was gunshots or other things involved. You know. Right. And the, the crazy part was there was a plane that was shot down like a month ago. Same area, Mount Mount Rainer, wherever that is. I don't know. Who's shooting planes down? Exactly. Where's the hitchhiker? Exactly. Who is the hitchhiker? Well, if they were just shooting planes down anyway, why did why was there a, why did they need it? Why would the Air Force need an inside guy if it was something like that or whoever? 
Well, they heard these fragments and things like that. Okay. And obviously... So what happens is... Uh, am I, have I been calling him James or is it Jack? I feel like it's Jack B. Wilcox. Yeah, Jack. I called him James earlier. Sorry. It's Jack B. Wilcox. And I looked into this guy with an interview uh, with his daughter who's like 80 or 90 now. She might even pass away. I don't know. It was a few years ago when it came wow. out. But this guy interviewed, tried to ask questions about it, and she's like, oh, he was a Swedish dad. He was an accountant. He was an honest man, taught integrity to his children and stuff integrity. like that and everything. And he would, and he was just an all-around good guy. And and the guy was like, so do you have like any comments on what your dad would actually meant during these like flying discs? And she's like, I'll leave it that he was a very honest man. What he wrote is what he wrote. Dude, you know what that kind of reminds me of? What? Not to go too far off on a tangent, mm. but Emily has a friend yeah. whose dad worked at Area 51. Mm. And still to this day, like he's retired now. Yeah. He'll never say anything about it. Like mm. he just refuses. And like yeah. they, they joke about it a lot, but like, like they can't say because it's like a secret base. But like, yeah. I'm sure like, that I'm sure that there's yeah crazy stuff. So this guy's writing this 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 guy's right this. So what I'm reading from is the actual report going to. Do we say Hoover? J. Edgar Hoover? Yeah, he's the head of the FBI. Head of the FBI. This isn't a letter to just like a file. This is going directly to the director of the FBI. Um, and what was going on in room five hundred two? I don't know. What's room? Oh, the, the fifth floor. Yeah, fifth floor. Uh, so this is about a uh, week and a half later is when Jack Newell shows up. And he starts to interview all these guys and get all these different witnesses of who these guys were, where they were going and everything like that. Uh, he interviews Kenneth Arnold, which is that private investigator, kind of like the OG UFO investigator, like paranormal guy. Um, and I'll throw up a screenshot of what it looks like, but... Right after that, uh, July 30th at 7.43, so July 30th was a Thursday before July 31st, which was before August 1st. So two days before the plane went down, these people are meeting up in room 502, 7.43 p.m. They're talking uh, allegedly about the fragments and everything like that. And let me just read what happens. A check of the records of the Winthrop Hotel in Tacoma, Washington, reveal that redacted, giving Hedrezas is redacted, um, the Dry Boise, Idaho. Um, so the pilot talking with these other pilots, you know, uh, Brown and Davidson from July 30th at 7.43 p.m. until huge paragraph redacted, like a whole paragraph redacted of what the conversation was between these two people. In the, the hotel. In the hotel. Between the pilots. Is this paper you're reading? Is this, um, I, I know it's a report, but um, I'm guessing it's from witness accounts or something like that. Of, yeah, so this, this is, is... Is this Wilcox's... This is Wilcox's words. He typed all this. Okay. And so he... How do I get... How am I going to word this? So he goes, he goes in there... Um, and reports on all these things of what's going on uh, with Wilcox. He asked all these questions to all these people, found out. This is what Wilcox found out once he interviewed some people and is in the actual official document, which you can see. Um, these people would meet up every day um, 
and meet with these lieutenant guys. Obviously, it's like a highlight going on. Like they're meeting with these special investigators from the Army Air Force and everything. They're going out for like breakfast, talking like that. And the dude brings up like, like the investi- private investigator guy brings up like, all right, can you take me to the island? And they're like, yeah, we'll take you to the island. Comes up, like they had a busy day at work. They're like, we can't go tonight. We'll take you tomorrow. Um, and so they get up, they go to this dude's house and the Chicago guy, the, the retired pilot and the two guys that witnessed the discs, they're sitting around the table talking and the dude's like, this is like all the press going on and everything too. Um, you know, like they sent about all these papers and everything like that. So mm-hmm. it's big, it's not national, but it's, it's big in the area. And the guy's talking to this pilot who was writing stuff for a magazine to try and, you know, publicize, be like, UFOs in the sky, things like that. Yeah. And So was a UFO a term at that time? Or did this... I, I didn't see UFO come up once. Oh, okay. They so... call them flying discs. Yeah, actually, the, um, when I was watching, like, there was actually a big magazine before uh, called Flying Saucers, and people just called them Flying Saucers. That's what this was. So they yes. called them flying saucers, yeah. and then it wasn't until later that they changed it to UFOs because not all of yeah. them were saucers. Kenneth Arnold, the guy in the story that's sitting down at the table with these two witnesses, mm-hmm. is the guy that started that. Mm-hmm. Good stuff. And so the witnesses are telling about the disc story. The wife comes in irate. She's like, you lying here. Stop talking about it. you were just daydreaming. Don't you bring it up again. Blah, 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 blah. And the guy's like, oh, and he's like, like, what did she say about the dead dog? <laughs> and so she and you so the guy's like, out drunk as usual and shot your own dog. Yeah. <laughs> so the guy's like, he's like, okay, he's like, okay, and he tells this guy, if it get, if it gets publicity, like your story, if it gets more publicity, I'm just yeah, because the wife didn't probably didn't want to fight. Wife didn't probably want any of that or attention. Yeah. Yeah. So. So he's like he's telling he's telling the air the retired airline pilot we'll call him the UFO investigator just to make things simple. So he, he was telling me like if this gets any bigger, I'm just calling it a hoax, okay. whatever like that. Um, Where's the proof? Where's the discs? Where's the charge? So they get on a boat and go out to Maury Island, and this is where things get a little hoaxy, like. It's something that like, is it something though where it's a trope, but it's before, but it started that trope, right? Um, so I was actually thinking about how to like. Let me just finish with the Maury Island. So they get to Maury Island, and the guys like the UFO investigator dude is like, um, is this the boat? And they're like, yeah, this is the boat. And he's looking at it, and they're like. And they're like, oh, this is obvious signs of repair here. And here's where the boat was repaired here. And the guy's like, uh, lava. Uh, and then the, the dudes, this is actually in the report. The guy's like, the UFO investigator uh, asked them, like, so you said the dog died. So, like, where's the dog? And they're like, we threw it overboard. When it died, we just threw it overboard. Oh, because, <laughs> well, yeah. I mean... I could, I could kind of see that, you know, like, you don't want a dead body. Yeah. But at the same time, like, something that hit, got hit. And yeah. Proof. But I, I feel like it was, I mean, the guy obviously thought it was shady. And in the report, 
Uh, the the FBI dude uh, interviews the guy, and he's like, like, yeah, it seems shady to me. It didn't really seem that credible. See, this is the problem I have with like these things is like you don't know who the witness is. Yeah. Like, yeah, his name was what Harold or it was some dudes. Yeah, so it's like, it's boat. are you are you talking to guys who are like good stand-up citizens who everybody believes, or are they guys where it's right. like everybody knows them? They're kind of weird, kind of right. tall, kind of like the guy from Independence Day. Yeah, or this Alex is... Jones. Uh, uh, were they were they interviewing mm. Alex Jones? You know. Yeah, this is where it breaks down, though. Okay. From there, this is where like it becomes okay. This is probably a hoax. Um, is that the dudes um, have this? They're the FBI agent, he's going around interviewing people, and they meet up with, this is, uh, according to it, I believe it was after the event, so after the plane got shot down, sorry, the plane malfunctioned and the people died, uh, they met up with this one, another field specialist from the Army Air Force and was like, they're like, oh, look at these metallic chunks we got from this flying saucer disc or whatever. And the guy's like, well, those look like slag from a furnace. You should go to a slag in the local Tacoma furnace, whatever. And it's like dross. Like the metal just spools out of what mm-hmm. happens. And um, they looked up pictures. They're like, yeah, that looks exactly the same. Like exactly the same from this furnace down the road. Mm-hmm. And... uh from the furnace down the road. There's still mystery here. Be- See, what's weird to me is like everything sounds like it would have been hoaxy up until the plane. And right. it's like, why, if right. this was somebody trying to cover something up, like if they would have just left it alone, then it would have been a hoax. Like, if it was just this guy's testimony, I wouldn't have cared mm-hmm. until the plane comes. So, why would somebody intentionally do this with the plane? So that anonymous caller, right? Yeah. So there was, I want to say, three or four phone calls um, from this anonymous caller. The first one was calling them about the meeting that was going on in room 502. Mm-hmm. The second was that the plane got shot down and he gave out names before anyone knew the names, you know, in the public. And then he called them just another time, telling them uh, that it's not a hoax or something like that. So they get from the foundry or whatever, and the dude is like... Um, it's like, yeah, this pretty much just looks like metal, metallic dross or slag, they call it, from the furnace. Nothing special. Uh, but I put it, spoiler alert, if you don't want, if you haven't seen Cloverfield Lane, uh, basically, okay, spoiler, just skip this. (laughs) Um, at the end, you know, 10 Cloverfield Lane? Yeah. How they were like, oh, aliens invaded. Oh, it was the Russians. You know, it was like the aliens. They're, you're in the bunker the whole time. So you don't know. Like, she she was knocked out, and she woke up in this bunker, and she's, like, trying to escape. She's like, and then you start to think, okay, uh, who is the main actor in that movie? That was John... Uh, John Goodman. Dude, that's another one of those movies. It's just, it makes you feel like, oh. Yeah. Like, you, I can't look at the guy the same, but it was John Goodman <laughs> this whole time. You're like, you're starting to... Because that's how the movie was written. It's so good. You start figuring out. They're like, oh, snap. This guy's actually some crazy pedophile to kidnap this girl. And mm-hmm. he's making all this crap up about aliens. Well, it's one of those things, too, that, like, like it, it, at the beginning, it's like, yeah, he is. And it's like, no, he's not. And then he is. Yeah. But anyway. And you're like, and see, it's, it's like, oh, this guy's just making it up because it's about aliens. And then she escapes. 
And she's like, I'm finally and free. And she's in Cloverfield. And then an alien drops out of nowhere. And you're like, the whole time, inadvertently, you were thinking it was some escape story about this psychopath pedophile that ca- captured this girl. It was. And then at the end, it was like aliens this whole time. Mm-hmm. And that's what this story is to me. Because plane got shot down with a hitchhiker inside and anonymous caller at the same time that knew their names. Dude, what if like this was all like what if what if Harold shot the plane down? Don't ask me. Harold. Harold was the anonymous caller. I'm just. I, it could be him. I don't. But the reason that makes me think that the plane actually got shot down wasn't just an engine malfunction is that they called the people like it. 5.30, it was either p.m. or a.m., either way, it was in the same day. Like and before. the shards never got seen or, or heard from again? No, and they called, like, the Air Force Base that they flew from, and they're like, hey, we were just wondering, did they have shards when they entered on the plane? They're like, yeah, there were shards on the plane. Like, from the it, Air why, Force why people. Why are they called shards? Because if it's, like, slag, I'm thinking, like, molten. Yeah, that's basically what it looks like. I just call them shards because, I don't know. Did you call them shards? What do they call them in, did they just call them slag? Yeah, they called it. What did they call them? They called it, uh... Pieces or pieces of the crab. Fragments of the crab, yeah. They called them fragments of the disc. Were there fragments? Like, yeah, they had fragments when they went on. And then the plane mysteriously goes down, kills only the people that knew about the fragments, and then a mysterious hitchhiker, which other people are saying was, like, some flight officer, but in the actual FBI document, this honorable, integrable guy was like, it was just a hitchhiker. Couldn't find anything on him. Just a hitchhiker. This is how it gets to California. Wait, did the did the Air Force, did they confirm there was a hitchhiker? Yeah. Okay. They confirmed there was another party, but other people were like, it was just a flight officer. Oh, some people said it was a flight officer, and some people said it was a hitchhiker? Yeah, but this the official FBI investigation said it was a hitchhiker. Multiple times. Okay. Never referred to him as anything else. The crazy thing is, this is how it ties. And you're like, okay, so the discs were all just made up. The plane mysteriously went down. Mm, this just is a fishy situation. This is why I was talking about mystery. There's yeah. a lot of uh, unknowns. This is third base going in for a home. This is how it gets all tied together. Where is the cherry on the top? Here is the cherry on the top. I thought these were actually the same... Us the stories because it was like oh it's the same date you know July and everything like that same date same investigation era you know August seventeenth is when these, these were came shards out. from a different person weren't they they were headed to California Air Force Base okay I'm just gonna read this the following statement is given by redacted Morro Army Air Force Field Morro California which is where those dudes were going statements given on 11th of July mm-hmm. so 20-ish days from June when they first saw the discs in Washington station the following statements concerning the actual observance of what has been termed flying disc or a flying saucer is true and correct and it will be noted that the above mentioned observance was made by me personally he's basically just saying I made this it wasn't forced on me on Tuesday, 8th of July, 1947, at approximately 9.30 a.m., I was in a conversation with a personal in the pot in the post-exchange. My part of the conversation was as follows. Someone will have to show me some of these discs before I will believe it. We need a poster. I, I want to believe poster. I know. Because that's, yeah. that's exactly what this guy said. I feel like that's why X-Files struck 
accord with everybody is because there's a lot of people that want to. Yeah. They're just, they're, yeah. Yeah. So. Upon, so he says that, that's his conversation. Upon leaving the post exchange, I went directly to my office and before and, and before entering, heard one of the local aircraft in a traffic pattern. He looked up and looked slightly to the left, whereupon I observed two silver objects of either a spherical or disc-like shape moving about 300 miles per hour in, or perhaps less at approximately 8,000 feet height, heading uh, 20 degrees due north, north towards Washington. Okay. When I first observed these objects, I called other people who have statements below. There's like 10 of these statements. Who immediately came out to where I was standing. And just, this is the coolest scene ever. He's like, I pointed in the direction of the objects and I asked the dude, like, hey, what do you see there? And they're all just standing there looking up and he's like, there were th- uh, the three, whereupon all the three, the sundry comments stated, okay, so there were three people that came out. He called, got three people out stated they're flying discs and this is crazy because he actually writes like i had time to look away several times to renew my vision to make sure i wasn't tripping mm-hmm. well he didn't say tripping i had that yeah but i, I clear his that. eyes and he looks up it's still there he's like nah nah, nah, nah. nah, nah, nah. well then he calls people over and, and like, he hey, calls people over and they hey, all say the same thing this Mac? And that's what they sounded in california in the 40s so you had all these people seeing it was like at least 10 different reports and they were all like military detailed, obviously not confidential given out to the public, but yeah, all these people seeing the exact same thing, literally with uh, within a month, a month time span of you had these people in Washington seeing six flying discs, people getting shot down, having fragments, fragments, sorry, sorry. They, um, the engines the engines failed well it went down and then you you have uh before this was before all that happened in california people saw discs heading north to washington right Right, so if you look at the timeline it was late june people see six flying discs and then this happened july 8th um in california people see flying discs. sorry not people army people like army air force people who have been in the military knowing what planes look like from probably flying p-57s it wasn't none of those and it was a few days of people seeing these discs this was july 8th and then plane goes down august 1st and then whenever roswell happens which is either mid-august or late july and you had all these things happening at the exact same time yeah so me i personally think it was russians you know to wrap this story i i think <laughs> it was russians said, or chinese or japanese or something well, wouldn't it, it would have been chinese at that time they're too busy being poor <laughs> Be too busy being communists <laughs> being being north korea of their day before we started trading and giving yeah them. pretty much but it just the thing that really bugs me is this is it the main story would have almost been a non-story if it hadn't have been for the weird stuff with the plane. Right. That's what makes it juicy. Like that's what makes it. That's which, if it was a government thing trying to hide stuff, why is that there? Because right. or was were they trying to purposely make it juicy? No, that's that's. The reason why I did this story was because the FBI 
This whole story was taken from the FBI report. From a when was this? Review. When was this like common? When did this become common knowledge? What in the media at the time did they know about all of this? So they knew about it when the plane got shot down. That's because right now we have FOIA and we have all this stuff on the internet, but yeah. like, what did people have access to back then? I guess. Probably not. Obviously, this that was... might have been one of the reasons why it wasn't as big. If all they knew about was the guy with the slag and Shep. So at the time, that's all. That's all they knew. Um, I have 75 pages of documents regarding the specific situation, um, alien reports around that time, but I just focus on the main 14-page FBI report. And yeah, honestly, I think, I don't, I, I think that there are some form of objects there. Wow. The thing that made me... Th- I trust the California ones. I don't know if I trust, I trust the, the water Washington ones. Washington's were iffy. Like I said, it was like Cloverfield Lane. Spoiler alert. It's like the whole movie, you're thinking it's just some crazy guy telling this lady aliens or Russians attacked. Yeah, if you hadn't. And you're like, oh, okay, yeah, he's just some crazy guy. He gets out and there's like this alien that attacks the one maybe. That's really the only, like, if you didn't know what Cloverfield was, like, yeah. that was the only connection to it. Right. So. And it's like, I feel like that's what happened. Like, could it have been a hoax? They said if it gets more public, they're going to say it's a hoax. Because now that people are actually dead and stuff like that, they don't want the publicity from that. They never actually said that it was a hoax. Mm-hmm. They actually went out and released a magazine, and that's what kind of started the UFO craze from that. But I mean, the plane going down with the only two people that met with them having these metal objects... Guess we'll never know, and that's what I mean. Makes we won't. It that's the thing. We won't know. I just there's yeah, kind of. So, uh, but it's the same objects from people life. in California, like army people in California, seeing this, describing the same objects. It's pretty cool. And they and they were heading they towards Washington. So for all we know, it could have been even U.S. I'm sure there's a lot of people that think it is like a special secret U.S. aircraft yeah. or something like that. So if if you know any more on this. I obviously didn't read all 75 pages. I think I read like 30 of them. But if, I mean, if you know more on what they're saying it could be, like if there was like a U.S. project around the time, you know, put it in the comments or something. If you're listening to this on podcasts, I mean, you can go over to the YouTube channel and drop a comment or there or something. But yeah. those were our stories. That's good. That's fun. Yeah. I, like, I felt like yours was a lot more. A lot more juicy, like as far as yeah. mystery wise, where mine was just like, and this guy, like, this, and yeah. mine was just like, here's what happened, and we don't know about it because nobody, because none of the official people did their due diligences. Yeah, I'll, t- I'll tell you, yours was a lot more concise. I mean, mine, there were so many viewpoints it was hard to put together. I kind of slaughtered this story. But if you if you want to, well, know, I, I know there's more. Like you know, because there's so many witnesses in mind yeah. too. Where it's like, but the gist of it was there's lights. So yeah, like the gist of yours was there's flying saucers and one of them exploded. So yeah, and then it went in from a hoax to like government conspiracy. Of, like, and you have to wonder down. too if the guy saw something. Yeah, and he just made up the whole fragment story to get people out there to believe him. You know, I wonder that too. Because I actually just, I just thought about that. Like, to be like, oh, I saw some weird stuff in the sky. Eh. I saw some weird stuff in the sky. 
and I've got a piece of it, then you're interested. It could it could be that too because this was the first sighting. Like people yeah. saw objects. Like the pilot got interested because he saw something before, but this was like. Because, I mean, with mine during the 60s, you know, UFO mania was a thing, but this was before. This was the thing that kicked it all off. But what you said about having an object, that all the other, if, what the captain saw, the retired captain, uh, the airline pilot saw in, like, Chicago or something, or Idaho, wherever he was from, he only saw something, but you said that they had an actual object. So I'm wondering if that's what made him interested in this. Something tangible. Something tangible. Which is what we need. But other than that, that sounds that's that's what we got for you this week. Not sure what's gonna be next week, dude. I got some. I got some crazy stories that I hadn't known if I hadn't some true true crime. We got gonna find some Bigfoot because old Biggie, big boy, Mister Squatch, Mister Feet, (laughs) Mister Feet, Mister Foot. We got some things coming. The way we the way we do it. There's so much. There's so much. There's now, a lot I don't want to say paranormal. There's there's so much mystery. There's so much mystery. And the way we do it is we pick a topic and we don't tell we might tell each other what we're doing, but we'll give out hints. We give out hints to what we're doing, but to, this show is the first time I heard him talk about that and then you know, we go both ways. But I think that's a good place to wrap it up. Yeah, because we're about to die again. Yeah, we've been <laughs> we've been going on long enough. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying not to make this a two-hour one. I'm sure it'll get edited and stuff. But if you like it, please like and subscribe to the YouTube channel. If you're listening via actual podcast, um, you know, subscribe to that podcast. Tell people you're interested in it. Yeah. Because that's how we got interested into this, was we just found lots of documentaries and stuff. And I feel like there's not enough people doing research they're yeah. just kind of like rehashing well, stories that's the thing is research is hard research is hard because i mean it's fun to hear about it it is not fun to like go in detail and right like work yeah and, and usually yeah. which i feel like it was, it was hard with this one because this was so like spicy mm-hmm. and it was like i was just reading i was like holy crap this is really good so i hope i feel like next week's gonna be a little harder with the topic but maybe not Other than that, thanks for tuning in, and we will see you in the next episode. See ya. This has been a production of The Midnight Odyssey. If you like what you listen to, please consider liking and subscribing to the channel as we release more content for you. If you're listening to podcasts only, uh, please subscribe. But uh, for both of you cool cats and kittens out there, if you could share it to people you think you would like or enjoy podcasts like this, we would appreciate it uh, because we love what we're doing here. And yeah, you have a fantastic rest of your day.